and welcome to the Mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and we've got a wonderful show planned for you today. We, I don't know why I say we, it's just me, still. I've got a wonderful show planned for you today, uh, because week one of the college football season has come and gone. I got to go to my first game in two years, and... Did not learn my lesson about going to noon kickoff games in September in Virginia. But in my defense, I am used to not getting, not having to worry about getting burned at Liberty Games. Because when I was in school, they started a whole lot later in the day. Especially in September. They kicked off at 7. Like... As a rule, early games in Lynchburg kicked off at 7. I'm not used to this 12 o'clock kickoff thing. And I walked away with a really nasty sunburn. It's now Tuesday. It still hurts. So, um, if you're going to an early kickoff game in a part of the country where it's still warm in the beginning of the season, or just straight up hot, because that is how the weather at Williams Stadium on Saturday could have been described. It was very hot. I needed to chug water when I left that game. I was willing to pay $6 for ice cream. Like, it was... It was really hot. I'm very jealous that it is a 6 o'clock kickoff this weekend against New Mexico State. That makes infinitely more sense. It, it should have been a 6 o'clock kick on Saturday. That would have been so much better. I also wouldn't have had to leave home at 4 in the morning. But other than that, I had a great time. It was, it was, it was in fact, awesome to uh, get back down to Liberty, go see a game in person, be there for the, the first game of the Coach Chadwell era. I was there for the last of Turner Gill. I was there. I was. No, I I didn't make it to the last Turner Gill game. I didn't go to the first Hugh Freeze game either. Good God. Yeah. So this is. I went to the first FBS game against against Old Dominion. I did go to that. But uh, yeah, did not get to go to the last uh, Turner Gill game. I was. I only made it to one game that season, which to this day still annoys me. But anyway, just beyond my experiences uh, going back to my alma mater to uh, watch some football in person for the first time in two years, which again, were incredible other than the heat and um, the very painful sunburn that I am still recovering from, it was a, it was a mostly pretty chill weekend. Like, nothing too crazy happened. He got a lot of expected results, especially because most good teams were playing teams well beneath them. Like, USC was playing Nevada. A&M was playing New Mexico. Alabama was playing Middle Tennessee. They're a conference rival. They're, they're a conference rival of Liberty. They got their shit rocked by Bama. They they got their shit rocked. Penn State had the most one of the most disgusting backdoor covers 
I've ever seen. And the big one, the big stuff didn't even happen on Saturday. It happened on Sunday night and Monday night. Sunday night, LSU, Florida State. I expected LSU to win this game. I I figured, okay, even even with home and what is effectively home field advantage, LSU is probably still a little better than FSU. Nope. Nope. 17-14 at halftime. was 17-14 at halftime in favor of LSU. Then, coming out of the half, FSU pulled off one of the most insane plays I've ever seen that absolutely should not have worked. And as soon as that happened, LSU was completely broken. Like, LSU was... You, you could... If you go back and watch that game, and you watch before that moment and after that moment, LSU looks like two completely different teams. Because that play worked, momentum swung heavily in the Seminoles' favor, and they just rolled from there and put up 21 points in the fourth quarter to to put the final nail in the coffin. And I'm I'm pretty sure, yeah, that is good enough to get them into the top four. That performance was was good enough to get them from from eight all the way up to four. Georgia and Michigan are still one and two, obviously. And, jeez, Clemson dropped all the way to 25. Clemson dropped all the way to 25. TCU completely dropped out of the pole. They were the runner-up last year, and they have already completely dropped out of the AP Top 25. Because I and a lot of other people, uh, massively underestimated Colorado. Like, I can't believe TCU dropped from 17 to completely unranked because of a three-point loss. I, I feel like that's a little aggressive. Like, a three-point loss, even at home, to an unranked, a currently, a well, previously now, unranked Colorado team, that's not enough to drop them completely out of the pole. But Clemson did fall so freaking far. Because they were the only other ranked team to lose this. And I don't think LSU dropped all that hard, did they? They dropped the 14. So they dropped, they dropped nine spots. Clemson dropped 16. Uh, I think I think we can safely say the era of Clemson domination over the ACC is officially over because they went and got their shit rocked by Duke. Last time I checked, Duke is not supposed to be good at football. And I'm very scared for what that means because I don't think college sports as a whole is ready for Duke to be good at football. I genuinely don't. I don't think we are prepared for Duke to be good at football. They are supposed to be a basketball school and an 
and a villain we only have to worry about during basketball season. If they suddenly also get good at football, may God help us. Like, oh my God. Like, get the get the Illidan Stormrage sound, but like, you are not prepared. That is the nerdy, that is the nerdiest reference I think I've ever made when talking about football. Illidan freaking Stormrage. But it fits. It is it is applicable. We are not prepared for Duke being good at football. As far as as far as week two goes, got a little bit more interesting on the table. That that seven o'clock game on Saturday night is uh is calling my name. That is that is an interesting one. Texas at Bama. Like is is Arch Manning still the is Arch Manning the start or did he did he start that game? He did not. When you were started that game, he didn't even play. Malik Murphy, Malik Murphy came in for uh, when they they pulled yours against Wright. I mean, last year, Texas did almost beat Bama without Quinn Ewers. And general consensus was, if Ewers played, Texas would have won. Now, I don't think this year's Bama team is as horrifically undisciplined as last year's was. But it's also only been one week, and they've only played Middle Tennessee. So... No clue what they're going to do against higher-level competition. Like, this will be a conference game in a year with Texas leaving the Big 12. But, uh, like, that's that that game very much has my attention. I, I think it has the attention of everyone. Ole Miss-Tulane should be fun because that's, that's, again, two ranked teams. Most of these other top 25 games, though. Oregon-Texas Tech might be fun. Oregon's only favored by six and a half after they just hung and hung 80 on Portland State. But again, big jump up in competition going from Portland State to Texas Tech. Uh, whatever the line ends up being between Florida State and Southern Miss, uh, take Florida State because I expect... Southern Miss to be about as good as they were last year, and FSU's defense seems much more capable of stopping stopping the run than uh, than Liberty did in the first game of last season. So I think that will be an absolute slaughter. Oh my god, I forgot. That Texas-Bama game is going to have the Pat McAfee show alternate feed on ESPN2. That's going to be must-watch television. That's going to be so good. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. I hate that that's at seven because that's it's going to be during the Liberty game. Dang it! That was the one good thing about the twelve o'clock kickoff is that I I didn't miss the Sunday night game because I wasn't at a different Sunday night game. 
but yeah, uh, not a whole lot in the way of ranked action this week outside of uh, outside of that one big one right there. SMU might want to make a name for themselves against Oklahoma, but they're a 15 and a half point dog. I know they're joining the ACC next year, but if we're being honest, SMU still hasn't recovered from the whole death penalty thing back in the 80s. Like, that completely crippled their program. And, I mean, I know they got money. They, they've got, they've got so much freaking money. It's insane. Like, they're not going to get full ACC revenue for 10 years. They're not going to get ACC revenue until 2033. Same with Cal and Stanford. Like, they've just got money to sustain themselves for 10 years. But them being in the ACC is still so freaking weird. Like, I know they're not even in the ACC yet, but that, that's just such a weird concept. The school in Dallas, Texas, is going to join the Atlantic Coast Conference. Same thing with, uh, same thing with Cal and Stanford. That's even worse, because Cal is in Berkeley, and Stanford's in Palo Alto, which, is, which are essentially just both San Francisco. Or, like, suburbs of the San Francisco area. Oh, my God. I Realignment is killing tradition in college football. Like, part of me wants it because I want Liberty to keep moving up, but I want Liberty to move up to where it makes sense. Namely, the ACC. Not, like... Like, I wouldn't want Liberty to join the Pac-12 just to say they were in a Power 5 conference because, like, one, that would be hilarious because it would piss off Bill Walton to no end, but it would also piss me off to no end because I wouldn't really care that much about any of our conference rivals because they'd be on the other side of the country. I want, I want local rivalries. That's what makes college sports fun. Ugh, this turned into a rant. But, uh... You should you should expect nothing less from this show. But I think we will get some really good games this weekend. Uh, as far as my biases are concerned, I Liberty are only ten and a half point favorites against New Mexico State. Uh, I said last week that nine and a minus nine and a half against a team like Bowling Green was insulting, and for. A few minutes into the set, for about halfway into the second quarter, I felt like I was right. And then, um, and then Bowling Green came back and Liberty only won by 10. But I am, I am once, I, I know I like to spew conspiracy theories on this show, but that officiating was so bad. I can only assume that at least one member of that crew had money on Bowling Green plus nine and a half. Because, like, in the second half, it was a huge... This this was the big thing. Because in the second half, Liberty were were in the red zone. They were in field goal range, and... But it was fourth and four. It was fourth and short enough that drawing an offside penalty would get you a first down, just by nature of it being a five-yard penalty. So they tried to get Bowling Green to jump. Bowling Green jumps, no flag. Then the offense is completely confused with what to do, so they call a timeout. 
switch to the field goal unit, that field goal gets blocked and run back for a touchdown. So a game that would have been 27 to 7 very quickly turned into 24 to 14. So yeah, I I think the refs had money on that game, at least one of them did, and I'm glad I'm glad they lost. I I hope they lost a lot of money. Because uh that's what they deserve. Liberty games never have good refs. Does not matter the sport. I don't freaking get it. But yeah, six o'clock kickoff this Saturday against New Mexico State. The guys who are still there from last year, I know they want revenge. That game was ugly. That game was painful. That game sucked last year. Because we find out, we find out like during college game day, oh, hey, Freeze is probably leaving to go take the Auburn job. That's how all the players found out is from everyone freaking the hell out on Twitter. God, I still remember that entire day. And then and then the basketball team played that night and kicked the shit out of some poor team who they just gave a fat check to to come and get their asses kicked at at the uh at the LA at the at the Liberty Arena. And he will never admit it, but you cannot convince me that wasn't Richie McKay sending a message to the fan base. They're like, yeah, Hugh Freeze used us, but I'm still here. And I, like, Richie McKay will never admit to that. He is far too humble, but you can't tell me that wasn't on his or his players' minds. They're like, no, we're still here. and. We're going to keep doing our thing, so forget about football and ride with us. Like, Richie McKay would never admit to that, but I'm I'm going to choose to believe it because I think it's funny. But I know those guys who are still on the team from last year, Kendy Charles, Quentin Reese, Caden Salter, Noah Frith, these guys all kept their seats from last year. Also, Liberty fans, is it just me or does it feel like Noah Frith has been at Liberty for like 10 years? It feels like he has been on the mountain forever. I know he hasn't. He hasn't been there all that long. I'm, now, now I'm curious. I'm going to look this up. How long has Noah Frith been at Liberty? Oh, okay. He's been here. He's been at Liberty since 2018. In 2018, he only had nine yards on one catch, but uh, he was on the team, so he uh, he has been around for a while. Okay, I'm not completely insane. Yeah, he played. Uh, he he got exactly one one catch for nine yards in 2018. Did he really not do? Anything against Bowling Green? Good lord. That's that's not like him. But yeah, that was uh uh I know they're all they all kept receipts after what New Mexico State did at Williams Stadium last year, and I know they want revenge. So uh here's to vengeance against the Cowboys. 
And that's what I got. Are they the Cowboys? I believe they're the Cowboys. Oh, no, they're not the Cowboys. They're the Aggies. My mistake. So uh, here's to revenge against the Aggies. That's what I got for college football. Up next, we'll uh, switch gears and talk some HCS. Uh, I was away from my computer most of the weekend, so I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the major, but what I saw was really freaking good. So uh, we'll get into that up next here on The Mashup. Hey, do you really like The Mashup and want to help support it even more? Of course I do. You're so awesome. Well, do I have good news for you? I now have a Barstool Sports Store affiliate link. Oh, what the heck is that? An affiliate link is a link that takes you directly to the Barstool store, but has some extra coding in it to let them know that I sent you, so I get some of the money from the sale in return. That's so cool! Yes, it is, and it helps me put out better and better content for you. And maybe does enough to get Barstool's attention that they'll give me a job. All you have to do is go to barstool-sports.pxf.io slash the mashup. That's barstoolsports.pxf.io slash the mashup and get some merch. Doesn't matter what you get, you'll be supporting me and the mashup. And you get a cool t-shirt, hoodie, flag, or whatever else you want in return. So go to barstoolsports.pxf.io slash the mashup today and help me grow this podcast even more. And welcome back to the mashup. Let's talk some HCS Fort Worth Major. We are, what, five weeks away from Worlds now, I believe? Let's see. When is Worlds? Halo World Championship 2023 will take place October 13th through the 15th. So that is approximately five weeks. One, two, three, four. Yeah, five weeks from Friday. So, yeah, uh, looking forward to that. But uh, we will talk about that when we get a little bit closer to the event itself. For now, let's talk about Fort Worth. So I did not get to watch any of Saturday's action. But uh, looking at some of these score lines uh, outside of... Outside of that uh, upper bracket semi between uh, Optic and SSG, and the lower bracket quarterfinal between Shopify and Phase, it wasn't amazing. There was a lot of there's a lot of three O's. It's a whole lot of three O's. Right, props to Navi for qualifying for winners bracket, which is insane. I still can't believe Navi qualified for winners. How the hell did they beat SSG? <laughs> what the frick? How the hell did they beat SSG? I still... Wait, they didn't. LVT did. And then Navi beat LVT, so they, they had the tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah, that's... That's so weird. But, anyway... Like, props to Navi for qualifying into round two and then immediately going 0 2 <laughs> against uh, Native Red and G1. Congrats, guys. You lost to the guys who don't even pay their players. That's, that's who sent you home. 
the guys who don't even pay their players or their content creators. But yeah, obviously, obviously the big story is FaZe only finishing in fourth. And Space Station getting over that hump of constantly losing to FaZe by sweeping them in the lower semis. Which is impressive in and of itself. And then sweeping Native Red in uh, Loser's Finals. With uh, some pretty convincing wins by looking... By looking at this score. Like these are those are some very convincing map wins. And then getting the sweep in the standard in like the initial grand final, and then coming so freaking close during the reset. Like that reset, if if the rocket landed properly. If Stellar's rocket landed properly at the end of Street Slayer, SSG wins that Slayer. They probably win Recharge Strongholds. Live Fire King of the Hill was super freaking close, too. It was one really good break by Optic. If that flips SSG's way, which I, I'm not necessarily going to count on because Optic are really good on Live Fire. They have been since launch. But then. You get the stake tack on Aquarius. Like, full-on staketacular in a grand finals reset. As the team coming out of the loser's bracket, to get a staketacular on Slayer, that's a pretty big freaking deal. And then I do think they win Streets Oddball because SSG have better teamwork than Optic do. Just... Stating facts here, Optic have better slaying power, at least they did on Solitude, but SSG, I think, overall have better teamwork than Optic. They're they're the two best teamwork teams in HCS. I think I think SSG are just slightly better. So I think they still win that Streets Oddball, and then that's the series. Because they they won Street Slayer. They they definitely win recharge strongholds because they're really good on recharge. I'll give Optic Live Fire Slayer. So that's then two to two. I I mean it's a spectacular. I can't take that away. And then Optic plus Streets in a series clinching map usually doesn't end well for Optic. So I have to also give that to SSG and then they win the series and we're having a completely different conversation. I think Worlds is much more open than it was last year. I think uh, just by virtue of getting into top four, even though they got brutally swept by both Optic and SSG. Jeez, like, those are that is not a pretty scoreline against Optic. It's not much better against SSG, but I think just by virtue of making top four, they have staked a claim that, hey, we should be respected at Worlds. Sentinels and Quadrant have dropped off a little bit in my mind. Because Sentinels did not have a did not have the best showing at this tournament. Like they got swept by Space Station and then they got swept by FaZe 
in the lower bracket. It's not a great run. And, like, FaZe, same thing. They didn't even make Losers Finals. Like, they ran into Space Station, who are another really good team, and that's just, like, an unlucky break that both of them ended up in Losers Finals, or ended up meeting up in Losers Semis, where Winner would more than likely play Native Red and probably go on to play Optic again. But that, even even with my disappointment in the loss, that final was so freaking good, and it was so close, it's hard to say I'm disappointed with the performance. I'm really not, because, like, they finished top eight, they comfortably finished top eight. So, they're going to Worlds. And that's the one that really matters, like, that's... Like, that's what really matters, is coming out on top of, of these 16. Winning winning the last major is not as big a deal if you, if you go and win Worlds. And just looking ahead here, they've got a pretty favorable group. They avoid Quadrant, they avoid FaZe. Obviously they avoid FaZe, because FaZe is a, is a top-four seed, so they, they get a group all to themselves. But, like, they they have a good, they have a good setup. And I think, I'm not going to spoil it, but if you look at the uh, Liquipedia page for Worlds, I think the current orientation of Group, of group B is how Group B is going to finish. But uh, we will get into that in more detail in a couple weeks. That's that. That's not for discussing now. That's for discussing when we get a little closer to the event itself, namely the week of. So on the uh, on the episode that will come out on uh, October twelfth is uh, is when we will discuss. Halo Worlds in in a little bit more depth. But yeah, I'm I'm very happy with the current state of Halo Esports. Like I think Worlds is much more open. I think uh obviously Optic, Space Station, Phase. I, I have to give it to Native Red because they finished top four. Uh Sentinels and Quadrant. I think all of the I think those six teams all have a a genuine chance to win worlds if they play really well. Like Quadrant, a European team, and an all French team, winning worlds would be absolutely insane. I think out of that top six, they have the longest odds. But obviously, like it, it you're gonna keep your eyes on the big four and then also native people. That's that's kind of my thinking heading into Worlds. But again, we'll get into that more in a couple weeks. But uh, that's what I got for Halo. Uh, keep it up, 343. Uh, the game is really fun right now. You're putting on good events. And Call of Duty is floundering. So um, keep doing what you're doing. And 
I will uh, I will keep riding with you. But that's what I got for the HCS. Up next, we're going to switch gears again and uh, get into some NFL. Season begins this weekend. We'll get into that up next here on the mashup. Right, let's wrap this thing up with some football. I got some CDL stuff to talk about at the end, but main thrust of what we're talking about here is the NFL and the beginning of a new season for the National Football League. And honestly, I have no freaking clue what to expect from this season. Because I expect the Lions to be a lot better this year than they were last year. Uh, I think the Niners will still be good. Possibly the best team in the NFC West, because the Rams have fallen off a freaking cliff. And, like, the Seahawks are... The Seahawks are still the Seahawks. <laughs> like, they're going to be... They're going to be about as good as they were last year, but it's not going to be as much of a surprise with, like, the best year of Geno Smith since he left West Virginia. Like, since he got drafted. But yeah, first week, none of these... Other than... Other than the season opener, Chiefs-Lions... None of these matchups are all that interesting. Because, like, Bengals-Browns, can they, like, fuck both of them? I want them both to lose, even though that's not possible. Actually, they can't both lose, but not... they could end that game without a winner. Like, game could end in a draw. Just fuck over the Bengals from, from the word go. Uh, Cardinals Commanders, that's going to be a blowout for the Commanders. Bucks Vikings might be interesting. Jags Colts, eh. Titans Saints, eh. Raiders Broncos, Chargers Dolphins, Seahawks Rams, Eagles Patriots. Like, yeah, I'll get to see what, like, might get to see some Demario Douglas in that game, but I absolutely expect the Eagles to win. Bears Packers. Lost all of its sting without Aaron Rodgers. I, I think the Bears will win that comfortably. They're only favored by a point, but come on, without... Actually... The Packers actually... The Packers are going to start Jordan Love, aren't they? Like, yeah, the, pa the Packers are going to start Jordan Love, and he's been... So maybe, maybe you might actually get something out. There might be some intrigue coming out of out of Packers Bears on uh, on Sunday afternoon. The Sunday night game, Cowboys Giants. I I honestly expect the Cowboys to steamroll that. They're only favored by three and a half because Vegas is afraid to push the lines for the NFL. But blowouts are very real. Actually, the what the biggest. The biggest spread all week is the Ravens. Ten points even over the Texans, which I, I believe they will cover. I don't expect the Texans to be all that good this year. Uh, the Ravens will be good this year, and they're playing at home. Not injured to hell and back. 
So yeah, I'm I'm expecting a pretty comfortable win out of the Ravens on this one. They've improved the defense, they've improved the offense, they've improved the literally everything. And yes, my biases are showing, but I think they are correct in saying I think the Ravens will be better than last year. You you'd have to be stupid to say the Ravens won't be better than they were last year. You know, just barely squeaked into the playoffs. Quite literally limped into the playoffs because everyone was injured to hell and back. It was this doomsday scenario that they were somehow going to fuck up and not re-sign Lamar Jackson. And morons like Jason Lock and Fora were having a fucking field day. Now, Lamar's re-signed. He's got, he's got his long, long-term deal. He's got a five-year deal. He's going to be a Raven for a while. He's locked down. We got him some support on offense. He likes he likes Todd Monken as his offensive coordinator. And they've they've I think they're gonna go back to embracing the analytics and being aggressive on fourth down, which is what Lamar what won Lamar Jackson an MVP in 2019 and made them a Super Bowl contender in 2019. Until that Titans game we don't freaking speak of. Fuck you, Mike Rabel. And fuck you, Tennessee Titans, not named Malik Willis. Because Malik is cool. He's the only one I like. I hate everyone else. But I cannot bring myself to hate the best player in Liberty history. (laughs) But... I expect good things from the Ravens this year. And as far as other teams, I expect good things from the Chiefs, obviously, because they they just won the freaking Super Bowl and have basically the exact same roster. They have no depth, but do you really need depth when you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? You don't really need depth in that situation. You just you just kind of let them do their thing. Like you'll still be good. It might not win you a Super Bowl every year, but you'll at least be in the conversation. I expect the Ravens to be good. Uh, I'm going to come out and bold prediction here. I'm going to say Karma is going to finally hit the Karen Cats with everything they've deserved over the past three years. Because the football gods hate Ohio. As has been proven time and time and time again, the football gods fucking hate Ohio, just like everyone else. And... My bold prediction, it as biased as hell as it is, which I will admit, it is, it is biased as all hell. I expect the Karen Cats to get slapped with the giant hammer of karma. Like, it is hard to make me hate a team not from Pittsburgh more than I hate a team from Pittsburgh. Except the except in baseball, I don't I don't really give a shit about the Pirates. They're 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 not that good, and the Orioles are they so I don't really give a shit about that. But the Penguins and the Steelers, it is hard for me to hate a team in one of those two leagues more than I hate the Pittsburgh representative. But the Bengals, with their Karen ass attitudes, their cockiness, like win something before you talk shit. Like oh, congratulations, you beat the hell out of an. You beat an injured to hell and back Ravens team and celebrated like you won the fucking Super Bowl. Until you prove otherwise, you're still the Bungles. You are. 
And only reason you got to the Super Bowl in 2021 is because, not 2020, 22. Yeah, 22. Only reason you got to the Super Bowl two seasons ago is because the Chiefs and the Bills beat the shit out of each other the week before. Like, you look me in the eye and tell me Chiefs-Bills was not the real AFC Championship game of that season. Look me in the eye and tell me that is not the case. Like, I know the Bengals actually went to the Super Bowl, but because the Chiefs and Bills beat the ever-loving shit out of each other a week before. That is the only reason. Put them, play that game, play that game 99 more times, the Bengals don't win a single one. And then they got embarrassed in the Super Bowl, like they should. So, um, to officially kick off this season, I want to wish the Karen Cats and their obnoxious-ass fan base nothing but abject misery. Like, I, I know it won't happen, but I wish you an 0-17 with career-killing years for your asshole quarterback, your even bigger asshole wide receivers, and your league-wide pariah running back. I I wish nothing but... Um, I wish nothing but abject concern upon all of you and the entire city of Cincinnati that has absolutely nothing going for it except a kind of okay zoo. And I think some ducks in a hotel. I think that's in Cincinnati too. But that's that's all you have going for you is a kind of okay zoo. I've got two better ones within a two-hour drive. I've got three better ones within a two-hour drive for me in Philly, Baltimore, and D.C. And yeah, I, I wish I, I wish upon the Karen Cats and their fans and their city nothing but abject misery. Fuck you, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> that was incredibly dramatic, but I have had so many negative interactions with Bengals fans over the past few months that that I just want them all to suffer. Like, like their fans are such assholes, they deserve nothing else. And if you're a Bengals fan listening to this show, I'm not sorry. But I probably drove you guys away a long time ago the first time I said the words Karen Cats. Even though it's an apt description. But I'm not going to pick a Super Bowl winner yet, but I am going to do, I am going to make another, make another predictions page. Actually, let, let's, let's look at my 2023 CFP predictions. Okay, Georgia, Michigan, USC, Ohio State. That has not been busted yet. <laughs> I think I might be wrong because I think Florida State might get in, but this is still very much on the table. All right. 
So let's do let's do this. 2022 or 23-24 NFL season predictions. 2023-24 NFL season predictions. Let's start with Let's start with the AFC. I'm just going to do division winners and and three wildcard teams. I'm not going to I'm not going to seed any of this. I'm just going to pick my four division winners and my three wildcard teams from the overall NFL. So, let's start with the easiest one. The AFC East The AFC East belongs to the Buffalo Bills. East Bills. The North. Ravens. Call me biased all you want. I think that's what's happening. The South. Jeez, this division sucks ass. Uh, Jags. Because, um... They were good last year. They're getting better because they're going to have... They have the same team that was really good last year and they're getting Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah. And the other really easy division to pick in the AFC, the AFC West will belong, once again, to the Kansas City Chiefs. And as far as the three wildcard teams go... You know what? I'm going to show my biases here and not pick the Bengals to get a wildcard spot. Wild card in no particular order. Los Angeles Los Angeles Chargers. Um I think the Dolphins can get in. Their division sucks. Their division sucks, and they're still gonna be pretty good. Miami Dolphins. And uh let's pick another AFC team. Not the Bengals. <laughs> I'm committed to this. Say what you will about me. I am committed to my hatred. You know what? I'm going to say the Titans. I'm going to say the Titans get in. Literally on the back of Derrick Henry and absolutely nothing else. But I'm going to... I'm... Like, he's there. He's like... He is, he is their one good player. They, they do have they do have D Hop too. Yeah, literally on I forgot about that. Literally on the backs of DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry, I think the uh I think the Titans will get. I, I'm not seeding the wild card. I think they're the three. Chargers and Dolphins at the toss up who gets the one and two. But yeah, I'm I'm sticking to that. AFC East will belong to the Bills, AFC North to the Ravens, AFC South the Jags, AFC West the Chiefs, and your three wildcard teams, Chargers, Dolphins, and Titans. Now over to the NFC. NFL, NFC, not NFLC. Uh, Let's do it in the same order. NFC East. Uh, This one is also painfully easy. This division will once again still belong to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Bird Bros are going to take home their division once again, because I think they are, in fact, better than the Cowboys still. And 
the Giants and um shit, who's the who's the oh yeah, Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons are gonna be terrible. No, the Falcons are in the South. Who's their fourth team? It's Eagles, Giants, Cowboys. Oh my god, I'm blanking on who the fourth team in the NFC East is. Oh yeah, Commanders, duh. Um the Commanders are gonna be good. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. I, I think I think they will be in a battle with the Cowboys for second place in the division until about week 15 when the Cowboys will do just enough to pull ahead. Uh, NFC North, which is always really weird. Geographically, the AFC North is pretty firmly on the East Coast and with a little dip into the toes of the Midwest and the NFC, the NFC North is firmly in the Midwest. But Here's another dark horse pick. I'm actually going to give this one to the Lions. They're projected to be really good this year. I think they also have a relatively easy schedule. Like, let's see who the Lions are kicking off against the Chiefs, but they're they're not that heavy of a dog. Yeah, and then they get the Seahawks, Falcons, and Packers for the rest of September. Other than the Ravens, their October schedule is looking. Like they probably they probably lose in Baltimore on uh, October twenty second, uh, day before Halloween, home against the Raiders. I do think they win that, and then they get their bye to kick off November. Uh, Chargers, Bears, Packers, and then December Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, and Vikings. Yeah, that's a relatively easy schedule. Like, I think they lose to the Chiefs and the Ravens, but. That might be it. Like, those are both road games. Those are both very challenging road games. They might lose to the Chargers, too. And they'll maybe drop a road game in the division. But 13-4 is very much on the table for them. Uh, the NFC South. Oh, God. You want to talk about another division that absolutely sucks ass. This division is so terrible. <sighs> Part of me wants I genuinely have no idea who to give this division to because they're all not very good. Like this is for the longest time the NFC East has been the worst division in football. I think now I think now it's the NFC South, but now with now with Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr finally on a real team. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to give this one to the Saints because I expect the Falcons to still be kind of shit. I expect the Panthers to also be... Like, there are two options at quarterback, Andy Dalton and Bryce Young. Got Hayden Hurst. They just don't have much to work with. So yeah, I think... I think I'm going to... Uh... Oh god, this Oh god, this, this is the first time I'm looking at this roster. This Falcons team is so bad. This Falcons team is absolutely terrible. Yeah, I'm I've given the South to the Saints. Cause the Bucks have dropped off insanely hard since Brady retired. Yeah, I, I gotta give I gotta give this one to uh I gotta give that one to the Saints. NFC West. 
This is another interesting one because the Rams could return to their Super Bowl form after a absolute disaster last season where everyone got injured. I Because again, the NFC West is also kind of terrible. I I don't expect the Cardinals to be all that good. Man. Do I want to give this one to the Rams? Do I want to give it to the Seahawks? I, I know I don't want to give it to the Cardinals. I know that much. Because they're, they're absolutely not winning this division. Again, I'm blanking on who the, who the fourth team in this division is. Because it's... It's the Cardinals, the... Who the hell is the fourth team in this division? The Cardinals, the Rams, the Seahawks. Who the fuck is the fourth team in this division? Oh, the Niners. Oh. Oh. I'm a moron. But this division belongs to the Niners. Wait. Brock Purdy is going to be playing QB most of the year. He's clearly really good. Yeah. NFC West goes to the 49ers. Now for the three wildcard teams. I know I'm giving one to the Seahawks. I'm going to give one to the Cowboys because I think they will be good enough to at least get a wildcard spot. Um, And then that third team. I'm going to say I'm going to say the Rams. I'm going to say the Rams as the third wildcard team. I'm not seeding any of this. I'm I'm just picking four division winners and three wildcard teams per conference. So, just to run that back again, AFC East going to belong to the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a relatively easy prediction to make. I don't see anyone else doing uh, the North is going to belong to the Ravens. Uh, heavily biased, but I think I'm right. Uh, South going to belong to the Jags because they were really good last year and now they're even better with the addition of Calvin Ridley coming off his one-year suspension. The West going to belong to the Chiefs. That's plain to see to anyone with football-watching eyes. Uh, the wild card for the AFC is going to be the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Titans. Uh, the Titans are only in there because I uh, I want to stay true to my attempted quote unquote curse of the Cincinnati Bengals, saying they're going to go zero and seventeen. I uh, I wanted to end my prediction that the the football gods' hammer of karma would come smashing down on the entire city of Cincinnati. So yeah, I will give that third and final wild card spot to the Tennessee Titans. They won't even be the best football team in Tennessee this year. That that title will still belong to the Volunteers. For the NFC, the East belongs to the Eagles, the North, the Lions, the South, the Saints, the West, the 49ers, and the Wild Card, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, and the Rams. So those are my NFL predictions. We will see how wrong I am come January. And just to uh, wrap things up here, not even going to do a... Uh, like a transition sting or anything. Just have some minor CDL stuff to talk about. I mean, it's not minor, it's major. Because 
very clearly, like, the Overwatch League and the Call of Duty League are falling apart. Like, they're in discussions with ESL Face It to uh, start running the operations for them, which honestly is not a terrible idea. Franchising has been a massive clusterfuck since day one, if you if you really genuinely look at it. Like, I know it's what got me into Overwatch League, which is my gateway into esports in the first place, like the Philadelphia Fusion existing, but guess what? They don't exist anymore. Fucking traders moved to Seoul. Moved to literally the other side of the planet. And they are not my team anymore. And I just kind of hate playing Overwatch now. That game absolutely sucks to play right now. And it has for years at this point. And it seems like it's not been con as confirmed, but it seems like Call of Duty is in the same boat where the rumored first event of the season is not going to be a solo CDL event. It's going to take place at uh, DreamHack Atlanta right before Christmas, which I don't hate that idea. I don't hate the idea of kicking off the season in September, but having an event at DreamHack, I saw what I saw what the Dallas Invitational looked like for HCS. The crowd was kind of muted because there was other shit going on. And as much as I love FPS esports, like all of them to some extent, I have a place in my heart. It's just obviously Halo ranks the highest, then COD, and probably Valorant and CS. Or Valorant, Siege, CS, and Overwatch is in there somewhere, depending on what mood I'm in. If I'm feeling nostalgic, I might watch Overwatch League. But as a guy who loves first-person shooter esports, fighting FGC events get more hype. They just do. Like, it's 1v1. It's way closer to wrestling, which is... Like, if you've listened to this show for any extended period of time, you know is also, like, very much in my wheelhouse. But, yeah, having having a CDL event at DreamHack is going to be a little weird. Like, it might draw a bigger crowd. It might also dilute, dilute the crowd because they're going to be checking out other things going on at the massive event that DreamHack always is. But hey, that's that's just a rumor for now. What is not rumor is that uh, there is no longer any European franchise presence in the Call of Duty League. The London Royal Ravens have officially relocated and rebranded to Charlotte, North Carolina as the Charlotte Royal Ravens, which I personally think is kind of dumb that they didn't change the name. It makes a little more sense than Vegas keeping Legion. And at least they changed the colors. <laughs> at least they changed the colors. Like, Legion not changing their name and or their logo or their anything and keeping those ugly-ass colors is one of the dumbest decisions in the history of esports. At least the Royal Ravens had the sense... That if you're moving to Carolina to rebrand to Carolina Blue, because it's really hard to fuck up that color. 
Like, it's really hard to fuck up Carolina Blue looking good. It's it's a good color. I don't even like UNC, and Carolina Blue is a good color. But they should have at least dropped the Royal. Like, I get it. Charlotte is the Queen City. Like, that's why it's called Charlotte. It's named after Queen Charlotte. And the name Queen City has probably stuck for about a century at this point, maybe even more. So I get why, but my God, it just feels weird calling an American team royal anything. Like, I know Real Salt Lake exists, but at least, like, it's a Spanish word. Still means royal, though. But that's that's a, that's a whole other tangent for a whole different day, the naming conventions of American soccer teams and how little freaking sense they make. But uh, that's what I got for the show this week. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, to any of my fellow Liberty fans or just football fans in general who got very sunburned at their games this weekend, uh, hope it feels better soon for, for all of our sakes. And uh, if you want to support the show, all the links to do so will be in the show description as always. Barstool affiliate link, my Twitch stream, which I will get back up and running soon, I promise. Same with the YouTube channel. I, I want to get back to working on them. Uh, the Barstool affiliate link is still a thing. That is still down there. Or uh, just directly supporting the show through Spotify. All those links will be in the show description. But until then, see you guys next time. Peace.